Hi guys, welcome back to Just Delusional. I'm your host Noel Sari and today we are doing our seventh episode. Today's episode is going to be really fun because I thought it would be really cool if I did a Q&A on my Instagram and just answer a bunch of questions because I do have a list of conversations that I want to have every week and I figured why not just let you guys direct this episode and just answer everything that you might be curious about in terms of my life and who I am. Um, But before we get into that, I want to do a quick weekly recap of what's happened in my life this week. Uh, There wasn't that much, honestly. I was kind of just like working and enjoying the fact that Taylor Swift is releasing 1989 Taylor's version. Not going to lie, but it's been a cute week. Um, I kind of had a mix of feelings this week. I feel like I was up and down mentally and I feel like a reason for that was because I did a few things in terms of like work this week and they were all things that kind of sparked a little bit of anxiety in me for for a few different reasons. One of them being that, okay, here's the thing. When you work in fashion, in the fashion industry, I don't know if it's just an Australia thing, but when you work in the fashion industry in general, I think it's like very restrictive in terms of your size and you kind of have this overarching negative feeling all the time about your body and it's like this massive feeling of like body dysmorphia every single time every job that I do in terms of fashion I have that feeling and it's awful but I feel like it comes with the gig I don't know if everyone else can relate if you're you're working in the same industry but it's true so I did a few things this week for work and I just had that anxiety again that I do not enjoy that feeling of I don't fit into this why don't I fit into this I used to fit into this Or even that feeling of why can't they provide me my size? Am I being difficult or are they not being accessible? It's a really confusing feeling, but it's something I've experienced so many times. So I had that feeling this week and I was like, great. I wanted to let social media and drop off the radar, which is something I feel every couple of days. Um, Experienced that. And then I had another experience this week where it, it was to no one's fault, honestly. Like it wasn't the brand's fault, wasn't even my fault, but it was like kind of a mix up that happened. And the way it was handled just brought me back to that feeling of when I first started in the industry and just feeling so tiny and disregarded and less than the average influencer because of the way that I looked in terms of being Muslim or being visibly different. And it was that way I had that feeling again, which honestly comes back pretty often because when you look different in the Australian fashion industry, it's kind of terrible for everyone involved but especially if you look different. Um, So that feeling happened again this week and I was like, great, ready to again drop off the radar and live on a farm. But I obviously couldn't do that, so I had to keep going. But by the end of the week, I kind of had anxiety just rumbling in me and like sitting there and then I think it kind of like overspilled and came out on the weekend and I was like feeling anxious the whole weekend. I was like, why, 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 why? Girl, it's because you experience some yucky things during the week, which isn't good for anyone to experience. And I just don't think that I've, I don't say I'm not strong enough, but I just think I've kind of just become so, like it's really chipped away at, at me working so long in the industry now that I'm kind of just like, it really gets to me like physically and mentally. Like I kind of just get really exhausted. So besides that i had a fantastic week because taylor swift announced she's releasing 1989 taylor's version 
And I'm really excited. Um, I still don't have tickets to the Taylor Swift concert when she comes to Sydney, but I maybe you guys can manifest that for me or even, I don't know, provide me tickets or I don't know, take me there or I don't know, give me your ticket. So that would be really cool. Um, but besides that, that album is incredible and I'm so excited to experience that in summer and drive to the beach and listen to 1989 and live my best life. So that's really exciting. Besides that, I've honestly just been consuming a lot of TV and podcasts, etc. But I've also been watching the Australian Matildas team of FIFA Women's World Cup. I don't know if you guys are tuned in with that, but the Australian Women's World Cup team have gone to the semifinals and it's been so fun just watching everyone collectively in the country, men and women, just support this team and like champion them and cheer them on to the point where I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I remember it said that that game was the most streamed um sporting event that Australia's ever had which is insane that's incredible go the Matildas rooting for them excited to watch the match on Wednesday and if you're not Australian you should go for them and you should support them or else or else I'll block you um yeah so let's get into today's Q&A questions that you guys have asked me very fun I could see there's a lot of interesting questions brewing there so let's get into it so the first question we have what's your favorite movies and please analyze them now listen I have a plethora of favorite films I'm laughing because there's so many I can't pick but I'm going to open my Pinterest right now where I have some saved like little clips of movies and I'm just going to go off from the top of my head and I'm probably going to listen to this episode back and be like, you forgot oh, you forgot to mention this, you stupid girl. That probably will happen. But that's okay because I have so many. You know why I have so many? Because the bar for me is fairly low. The bar for me for films is fairly, fairly low. If I enjoyed it, I'm like, yeah, I liked it. I liked the movie. Like, that's, that's how I think. Like, it could be the corniest film. Or like, you could find so many things to critique about it. But if I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, that's it. I like the movie. Um, So... I think from the top of my head, from just looking at my Pinterest as well, one of my favorite films is Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, we're talking Selena Gomez, Leighton Misa, Blair Wardoff. That movie honestly rewired my brain in so many ways. Let me explain what I love about it. One, the aesthetic. Monte Carlo, I really want to go. Paris looks great there, wouldn't go. But I do want to go into Monte Carlo. The aesthetic is incredible. The music is incredible. The fashion is incredible. The wardrobe is incredible. Selena Gomez is incredible. I love Selena Gomez. You guys know this. And the plot is incredible. Like, what more do you want from a film? Three girls go to a city of romance. They all find love or discover what their love is. They look glamorous whilst doing it. There's some humor in there. There's some jewels and outfit changes. Like, what more do you need? That's literally all I need. So I love Monte Carlo and it's shaped so many things in my head. I couldn't even, like, I'm not even joking. What else is there? (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I Okay, listen to this, right? So I had told people recently, hey, yeah, yeah, in a serious conversation. Yeah, one of my favorite movies is Scooby-Doo, 2002 Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo Spooky Island, that's my favorite movie. And they laughed thinking I was joking, but I'm quite literally being serious. 
and I've mentioned this a few times on Instagram. I don't know what's so funny, guys. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's funny. The wardrobe is incredible. The colors are poppy. It makes my brain like go Google Gaga for real. There's there's drama. There's friendship. There's fear. There's monsters. <laughs> like it's great. It's like it's like one of those movies where I put it on and I just sit back and I'm watching all the colors and like. And it's early 2000s and I'm like, I want to go there. Like, it's just one of those movies. Like, I'm obsessed with it. So good. I could rewatch it and find new things about it every single time I watch it. Um, What else do I love? I love Harry Potter. Okay. Why do I love Harry Potter? Why do, why do millions of people love Harry Potter? The aesthetic is incredible. The plot is incredible. The universe that's created around Harry Potter is amazing. And it's kind of like... It quite literally has created its own real universe of just humans who love the movie and want to be like wizards and witches. It's just like the best feeling. It's so whimsical and it's so like warm and fuzzy. And I love Harry Potter. Any Harry Potter content, I will consume it. I feel like I want you guys to guess what house I'm in. But I'm going to tell you anyways. So this is your chance to guess in the comments what, what house I am. Okay, I'm a Hufflepuff. I don't know if that was all obvious, but I'm a Hufflepuff. I did the quiz on Pottermore when I was little, did it when I was older. Always a Hufflepuff. What else do I love? Do you guys remember the American and Ashley films? I'm assuming you guys do, especially if you're American. I'm assuming you would be really into it. The American and Ashley films, all of them were incredible, but Passport to Paris, 1999, insanely good. Two sisters have to go to Paris. Was it to visit their grandpa? I think it was. Or their uncle, I'm pretty sure their grandpa. They go to Paris. They're exploring this this city of love. It's funny. They're American in this French city. Everyone's like, shut up. We are French. French fry. And they're like, oh, we're American girls. It's just really fun. The makeover scene from Passport to Paris where the girl who's dating their driver or their security guard, the model, when she takes him to the shops and she transforms them and puts on this like zebra print hat and this fur jacket and the pink and the purple and they're like it's like the the 90s editing where it's like really fast and like stupid that lives in my head rent free i love that coincidentally another movie i'm about to mention is also based in paris or based in france which is a weird coincidence but i love the film madeline 1998 madeline um where do I even begin? It's that it's the type of movie I loved when I was truly a little girl and it was like the cozy music, just a cozy character to to like, you know, this little girl in an orphanage who was different and like was breaking the rules, but she had a really great relationship with her head nun, which is played by Frances McDormand. And it's just such a good film. And the little Spanish boy next door who she gets kidnapped with the circus with. Like, genius. It's so, so, so good. So if you haven't seen that film, I definitely recommend. Um, what other films do I like? I literally have so many that I don't even know where, don't know where to begin. I'm, I like most rom-coms. Like, quite literally, you could name them. Be like, yeah, I love them. So the next question is, when do you feel the most beautiful? And that's honestly such a sweet and wholesome question. And 
I feel like the best way I can answer it is, so I recently saved this quote to my Pinterest board, which is the Just Delusional Pinterest board. If you don't follow it, you definitely should. But there was this quote and this little illustration on there that said, I feel the most beautiful in a group of women I love. And I feel like that's the best way I can answer the question. Around a group of women who inspire me and uplift me and are really happy and radiate such positivity, I probably feel the most beautiful then. Um, that can be like family or that can be friends or even just in a, in a creative circle of women who I bounce off with creatively and just in terms of their personality or the humor, I tend to feel the most comfortable and the most beautiful. But I guess another way I can answer that question is I also feel the most beautiful when I'm at home, oddly enough, like when I'm, you know, I've done an everything shower And I'm like in my cute PJs, matching set, got my slippers on. I feel the most beautiful then. I don't know what it is. I'm sure we all do, right? Right? Like that's when you feel the most like clean and put together and the most you. You're like, this is me. This is Noelle. This is who I am. Just sitting here, just out of shower, looking cute. That's when I feel the most beautiful as well. When I have everything done up, I kind of have a slight feeling of imposter syndrome or that feeling of like, I don't know who this is. So when I'm fully like stripped back and I'm just like me and I feel pretty, like that's the best feeling. So that's when I feel the most beautiful. The next question is, how did you become an influencer and what are the pros and cons? Now, listen, I was actually going to do an episode on this specifically about my career and I think I still will because I think there's a lot of things to cover and a lot of things to dive into. But on the surface level of how did I become an influencer, I quite literally just made an Instagram page, had it public, was posting content like outfit photos or hijab photos, like just like hijab aesthetic photos, like selfies, whatever it was. And I was posting them on a public platform using hashtags like back in like 20, what was this? Like 2018. It wasn't as elaborate as it was now. Like it was like use hashtags and follow each other and like follow back and then do shout outs and giveaways. Like that's honestly all it was. There wasn't even other platforms to like boost yourself with. Like now it's like TikTok. You need to be on TikTok. You need to be on threads. You need to be on YouTube. You need to be on like all these platforms. It wasn't like that then. Like I was posting my outfits as best as I could. Like, for example, if I had an eat outfit, I would be like, I need to take eat outfit photos. And then I'd post all my photos and then be like, this is where I got it from. And this is why I like it. And like stuff like that, like real blogger vibes, hijabi blogger vibes back in the day. And I was also working at a modest fashion store at the time. So I would volunteer, I would also model for them as well, which I guess boosted my platform, my profile. But how did I become an influencer is like, the thing is, right, is like what makes an influencer an influencer? They need to call themselves an influencer. Like it's, it's as simple as that. Like if you are going to have a public platform, and do what I do and then say you're not an influencer. Like, okay, you're not an influencer. What are you? Oh, oh I'm, a, I'm a personality. Okay, girl, you're a personality. How'd you become an influencer, Noel? I posted my photos, got out my content, hijabi inspo vibes. And then I became an influencer because I was influencing. And then honestly, it wasn't until I hit 100,000 followers that I got management and it became my full-time job. So... I don't think I have a quite of a normal experience because now people get management at like 20K, 15K, 
30K around that, they tend to get management and they're like micro-influencers. But I was self-managing all my my jobs and all my ads that I was getting through me directly, which means the brands were emailing me directly to work with me. And then I would say yes, say no. And then I would send them invoices and give them my rates. And then it wasn't until 100,000 followers that I signed with management and they handled my rates and source jobs for me and handle jobs for me, which is what I do now. And it's my full-time job. So that's how I became an influencer. But again, I will do a full episode on it. So that way we can like dive deep into it because I'm sure you guys want to know. And what are the pros and cons? I would say a pro of being an influencer is um, for me personally, it's the independence of it. So I like how I get to work on my own clock. I get to decide when I am and when I am not working. Like I can quite literally be like, no, I'm off today or I'm I'm on today. Um, and I also like the perks that come with it. So I'm I'm a person who loves makeup and loves fashion and loves all that creative stuff. And that's stuff comes with the gig. So I get some free makeup, I get some free clothes, I get to go to really awesome events, and I would say that that's the pros. I'm obviously still working while I do those things. So the the satisfaction does go away a little bit, but I am someone who really appreciates everything still till now. So every time I get anything, I'm still as equally as appreciative as I was five years ago. So those are some pros. Cons, everything else is a con. Don't do it. I'm joking. I'm joking. Cons, I would say would have to be the mental struggle that comes with it, the bullying, the comparing, the competition. I hate all of that. And I quite literally wish it didn't come with the gig, but it does. I hate the online bullying that I receive often. I feel like lately I can't even post an outfit without people being like, what the F are you wearing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Block me. Like I don't care anymore. Um, For a long time, it felt very competitive as well in terms of like, a brand, I needed a brand to pick me. So I needed to be number one. And that's how it felt. That's how a lot of people from minority groups felt in the industry. And it was really sucky. And it just feels really yuck having to be so competitive with yourself all the time. And I would also say the, the mental constraint, the mental pressure of having your job be you. It's everything about you. It's your personality. It's how you look. It's your weight. It's your skin, it's everything. Every little part of you is what sells. Every little part of you is your income. It gets so exhausting and it's like, it sucks at times and I just wish it wasn't like that, but that's literally what it is. Like that's what I chose my job to be. So that's some cons. There's actually a lot of questions here about my career and work life. So definitely need to do an episode on that specifically. The next question is, what's one thing you wish you knew before becoming a hijabi? This is an interesting question. I've actually never been asked this. I guess the one thing I wish I knew was how it would kind of, I don't know, it's weird. It kind of felt like it put a, I don't want to say a restriction on my personality, but it became a part of my personality. So I became the hijabi or in my career, it's like the hijab or hijabi or the hijabis, everything. Like it was like, it kind of put me into a box of, I'm just someone who wears the hijab and I don't think I realized for I didn't think I realized going into it that it would do that because I was very confident that 
I would just always be Noelle and everything that is a part of my personality would still be the same and everyone would see that. And then putting it on and going back to school and people just like putting me in the box of Arab kids or Muslim kids or hijabi girls and then going into the work field and being the hij- only hijabi and then going into the mod- uh, the creative industry and being like the hijabi in the campaign or that hijabi friend or the hijabi girl. It's like it it's frustrating at times to think that why can't I be Noel or why can't I be the girl who is funny or the girl who is nice or the girl like do you know what I'm saying? I don't think I realized before I put the hijab on that it would be such a, it would be like a personality trait. And to it's not even that, it's not even because I put that on myself. It's just how society, it's just the box society put me in. I don't think I realized that, that would happen. And it is what it is. It really is what it is. What can I do? The next question is, do you ever get brain fog and how do you fix it? I get brain fog quite literally all the time. I'm probably having brain fog right now. It's kind of a mix of brain fog and disassociation. Like I tend to like space out mentally to the point where I'm quite literally thinking of nothing and it will happen while I'm talking to people or it will happen in a highly stressful situation, but it happens fairly often and brain fog especially happens when I'm overtired or stressed out and anxious. Like I'll be talking to someone and I'll have the worst brain fog but I I know what I'm talking about and I know how to say it and I know in the inside it's like it's like screaming to get out and I'm talking to them and I'm like um I don't know like yeah and how do I fix it I don't I (laughs) I probably have a cup of coffee and eat something and hope for the best like what am I gonna do I don't know I wish I was like healthy enough to tell you like meditation really helps like I don't do that so I just have some source of caffeine or some food and just like shake myself together and keep going on. The next question is, how do you maintain confidence in public? Great question because um, I don't. I think I actually said on my Instagram recently, like fake it till you make it because everyone sucks. And I think that's the best like answer I can give right now. Like when I'm in public, I get the worst social anxiety because I think everyone's looking at me. And I, I think that's rooted from being on social media. I think everyone knows me sometimes or everyone knows my business or everyone knows who I am. And, and quite literally most of the time, it's not true. It's just my anxiety. Um, so when I'm in public, if I'm confident, it's because I'm faking it. Because that's the only way I can get through. Because if not, I'm not going to want to leave the house. Or I'm not going to want to... Like, for example, I'll I'll be needing to go to Woolworths, for example, the supermarket. But then if I see a bunch of people and my, my anxiety kicks in, I either have to fake the confidence and walk in. Or I have to not go to Woolworths and stupidly not get what I need to get because I'm too scared. What am I going to do? I'm going to fake the confidence and I'm going to go in and suck it up. So... To maintain confidence in public, the quite like the best advice I can give is like fake it. And there it is. And then you get used to it. And the confidence is there. But I I honestly don't think that anyone is truly like an overly confident person. I think everyone's faking it. Like everyone's kind of just like striding along and getting it done and not thinking about it. And if you think about it, you need to just switch your brain off or like perform in a sense see yourself as like an actor and just like get it done no one cares be a theater kid 
and and strut the runway slay girl <laughs> the next question is what's your favorite fragrances good question um i've been loving killian love don't be shy i don't know if i mentioned it in my last episode but it smells so good orange blossom marshmallow it's delicious um, I also love the Chloe perfume. It's a jasmine-based perfume. It literally smells like an Arab jasmine oil by Chloe. Definitely recommend that one. Um, I also really love the Mason Margiela fragrance, the On a Date one. It's very nice and sweet and luxe. It smells really good. And that's the top three. From the top of my head, those are the ones I love. The next question is... What are your experiences with racism? Wow. This also deserves its own episode. Um, because that's, that's a deep question. But my experiences with racism are rather lengthy. I think it's uh, sometimes intentional and sometimes unintentional. When you grow up in Australia, you just know. like Sometimes it's quite literally you being an asshole. Or it's almost a naive sense of being uneducated so it's a fine line but I really I know I've said this twice but I really want to do this on on, on its own episode I have so much to talk on whether it's high school growing up being in the public or even just like in the industry I've copped racism throughout all of it all of it the racism has always been embedded in the fact that I'm Arab so it's been um you know Growing up, it's been jokes with 9-11 or terrorism jokes or jokes about being Muslim or jokes about uh, religious stuff, mocking my religion. I was actually bullied in high school and had uh, issues of racism, which again, it deserves its own episode. But it's been there. It's been there for a long time. And I, I did mention like just then, like it's been in my career as well. And it's been much more of a secretive racism. It's it's in the industry. It's often racism mixed in with um, being anti-Islamic at the same time. So I've had experiences, for example, I'm not going to get into all of them. But for example, I've had people ask me to take my hijab off before I've been on set. I've had... Um, People ask me really uncomfortable questions about the Muslim community and point me out in front of everyone. There's a lot of things that I can touch on. But let's keep it surface level for this episode. And those are some of my experiences of racism. And yes, I've had them. I grew up in Australia. I've definitely experienced racism. The next question is, wow, this is such a good question. What's your favorite Taylor Swift album and era? What a phenomenal question. Thank you so much for that question. My favorite Taylor Swift album. Oh my God. Okay. In terms of like nostalgia and what sticks out, I think Speak Now is my favorite album. Not because I love all of her those songs more than other songs, but that album ran my life. It was everything to me. I had it on repeat, the CD, and it was just the best. And oh my God. I think Speak Now is my favorite. So I definitely had a great time when she re-released it recently. Um, But I would say my second favorite, I honestly love all of them. Like I really love Folklore and Evermore just because 
the aesthetic and the songs are so incredible. It's legit poetry. But then I also really enjoyed Midnight's. You're on Your Own Kid is one of my favorite songs Tales of has ever made. But then I also really love 1989 and I love Lover, but then I also really love Reputation. Look, there's so many I can't pick. I love all of them. How about this? You get me to the concert and then I'll answer your question. So the next question is actually a really good question. It is, how was the switch from I can't hang out with boys to meeting your spouse? That is such a good question because that is the Muslim girl experience, right? It's like you can't talk to boys. You can't message boys. You can't be friends with boys. But then like you meet your husband. How does that work, right? It's kind of mysterious. And we're going to leave a little bit of it mysterious. But the switch for me was like, because I honestly like I didn't have guys on social media and like I wasn't allowed to hang out with them outside of school but then how I met my husband was we kind of went to I went to his school at one point even though he was on a different campus so we kind of knew of each other we like had mutual friends so we knew of each other so it wasn't like a total stranger but then at the same time we were studying at the same library so it's like it, I wasn't going out of my way to meet the potential husband, if that makes sense. So I would say my switch was kind of like the Muslim girl library and Instagram DM experience. So I can't really talk on how that would feel as an adult or like a girl in your 20s because I was still a teenage. I was like, what, eight, 19 at the time? Yeah, that was my experience. It wasn't it, it wasn't that hard for me because it was like studying at the same library, kind of knew each other and then added each other on Instagram. Like that's what it was. So yeah. The next question is, how did you get your TikTok to start gaining traction? And listen here, it doesn't. It doesn't. I hate TikTok. I love watching TikTok. I hate posting TikToks because I have this like internal battle of like, I'm not funny, but then also I'm hilarious. Like I'm too funny. So then sometimes when I post something where I'm like, this is so funny, it doesn't receive well because no one, I feel like I don't really have the same sense of humor as my followers sometimes. So then it doesn't do well, but then the things that I consume are hilarious, but I don't post them. So that's one thing. Also, I I did, like the reason I have a good amount of followers on TikTok is because when TikTok first started, I was posting, I was posting really trendy things at the time slightly cringy like I was doing like outfit videos and like TikTok trends sometimes dances I that's so embarrassing but it's true so when I was first posting on TikTok like my videos would get like up to 400,000 views sometimes even more like it was doing really well and then as my my style kind of got more refined I got a bit older my sense of humor got better and I started posting more niche stuff the the traction went down which I'm fine with I don't really give a shit like in terms of like TikTok followers or like trying to get attention from TikTok because I'm happy to just be someone that enjoys watching TikToks I don't really need to be the person on there um but yeah I feel like the like the the TikTok algorithm I don't understand it I don't think I ever will because the truth is is that I could post something that's really trending and do it really well but what makes TikTok things trend now is like relationship content especially for Muslim girls like if you post relationship content everybody eats it up and everybody loves to eat that up like my wedding content did well because like everyone loves wedding and relationships and love understandably 
But like, that's the only way now, if I was to get views, I'd have to post my husband and I'm not going to do that to exploit him to get content and, and views. So that's not happening. But that's literally the only way I can get views. And uh, I'm not the type of person to do that. So yeah. And I'm also, the only way you can get views as well as like a Muslim creator is to be controversial. And I'm not going to be controversial to get to get views. Like I'm not going to start the stir the pot and start shit. Like I'm not in the mood for that. So I don't really get traction, honestly. I kind of just do my own thing. But I used to. That's why I have the followers. But yeah, now I don't really. The next question is, what's the color of your current toothbrush? Purple. That's the color of my toothbrush right now. Thank you so much for that question. The next question is, will you ever share how you met your husband? We want to hear the love story. Thank you so much for your question. Um, I don't think I'll ever... Listen, I, I have thought about doing a marriage episode or like a love episode, but I would love to do an episode on navigating it without having to like bring in my personal details because I can give advice. Like I would love to give you guys advice on marriage and relationships and you know, even like how to plan your wedding, like stuff like that, I'm happy to do. But sometimes people ask really out-of-pocket questions. This question is fine. I've actually never answered it because I'm always like, keep things super private. But I feel like I can answer this. Will you ever share you met your husband? Yes. So I I mentioned it earlier, we were both studying at the same library. So we were both studying for uni at the time. And we kind of like saw each other and we were friends for a while in the beginning. Like it wasn't anything romantic. So I wasn't really thinking about marriage at that age. Um, but we were friends. We met at the library. I would have like my friends. He had his friends and like we would kind of talk. And then we added each other on social media. Then we just spoke from there. We became friends and then friends became like, hey, I kind of like you. And then we obviously had the intention for marriage. So then we just worked on it from there. But I don't know if that's a cute love story, guys, but let's romanticize it. Let's say it's dark academia, Harry Potter romance. Let's say that instead. So this can sound a lot better. The next question is, is married life hard? Um, I wouldn't say married life is hard in terms of the routine. If anything, I find that having my own routine has been a lot easier since moving out. Like having my own routine of like waking up, having my coffee, get to work on myself in terms of like fitness, plan my own meals, um, decide what me and my husband want to do on the weekends and weekdays. It's like really fun and really great. And I do love that. But is married life hard? I guess in terms of like navigating the relationship. Yeah, it's hard, but it's not hard in a way of like, it's, it's bad hard or it's terrible hard. It's like, it's, it's going to be hard. It's inevitable hard. Like, you're going to have to navigate every part of each other in terms of icks of each other, things you don't like about each other, things you do like about each other, things that you want the person to change or they can't change. Like this, this all these things when you like from not living with anyone except your family to then living with your husband and wife is going to be hard because you've never lived with anyone else. You've never lived with the opposite sex. Like it's definitely hard. And you have to navigate it. And there's times when you need to fall back on them mentally or emotionally. And there's times where they need to fall back on you. And it's very complex. But it's what comes with marriage. And again, this is why I wanted to have its own episode. But social media has romanticized relationships. And Muslim social media have romanticized relationships and made them look so incredible and so 
fulfilling and like that's what you need to strive for as a woman and that's what you need to do and we need to get married young and everyone's gonna then when you do get married you're gonna have the best wedding and everything's gonna be so beautiful and so pretty and so glam which is so far from the truth and it's very unrealistic like relationships are are fighting if relationships are ugly relationships are sometimes the other person has mental health issues sometimes the person has physical issues there's so many things that need to be unpacked but it all comes down to love it all comes down to how much you love that person and how compatible you guys are and social media has put this hazy facade over relationships and love and and muslim women i think young muslim women have become they're so impressionable i know this because i was one have become so impressionable and i think because we are restricted from romance and love to some extent just because we come from stricter households compared to like you know the western household we do tend to find love in relationships more appealing because we don't know what it fully entails and it sounds like it's something out of reach that you want right so I guess this is why I want to like have this on episode because I feel like I want to unpack that and kind of like dismantle that because love is incredible and love is the best thing and it's so fulfilling and it's so euphoric in so many ways but it's also ugly and it's dark and it's hard but that's why you marry someone it's not because you marry them for the wedding or so that he can wake you up for fajr pull yourself together like quite literally pull yourself together wake yourself up for fajr like what's wrong with you um but I feel like the, this this is why I need to have a conversation. And you know why I need to have this conversation with you guys? Because I was one of the weddings that were going around on social media for like Muslim couple girls. And I saw the conversations that were happening in the comments of like, I want this to be me. And it's like 13 year old girls. And maybe it was one of you guys who were listening. And as much as I find it so fulfilling that you find my relationship and my love with my husband to be something you strive for, it's incredible because, you know, me and my husband really do love each other. But it's like there are so many couples that you look up to that hate each other or they're such toxic couples or they're Muslim couple goals, but they're haram. Like there's so many things that like you guys don't know that it's like you need to find what your love is, what you are looking for specifically for you as a human. And you should look for that and you shouldn't have to look at other people and compare it. And even as someone who is married and had my wedding online, I'm still comparing myself to other people because it's so inevitable, like as a human and as a woman to look at other people online and compare yourself. And it's so shitty and it's so ugly and it's not okay. So I feel like I want to talk about this because I want to steer the conversation in terms of Muslim, Muslim couple relationships and Muslim relationships to be more open, honest and authentic because I don't think it is right now. And it's kind of disturbing, but yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) that's how I feel. Um, and married life is, I'm loving it so far. So that's how I answer the question. Today was really fun. I really enjoyed answering questions. I'll definitely be doing this more. I think it's like a really relaxed and collaborative episode. So I'm loving that. But to wrap up the episode, we're going to be doing things I'm loving this week, which I do every week. So this week I have been watching Only Murders in the Building. There's two episodes out on Disney Plus. And I love that show. So I've been watching that as well as the Formula One series, Drive to Survive. <laughs> Love that as well. I'm still re- reading the Dolly Alderson book. 
And honestly, it's been really slow because I haven't been able to concentrate properly. But I've been reading it with fantasy to get like myself out of that reading slump. So if you have any fantasy recommendations, I'm talking world building. I'm talking other world. I'm talking fantasy, romance, anything like that. Send me your recommendations. Send me links, guys. Send me links. Like send me the Amazon link, whatever it is. I need to see it. I have been listening to Taylor Swift, honestly, 1989. That's what I've been listening to. And I've been loving the I, I spoke about this on my Instagram. If you didn't watch it, that's okay. But I tried the Espresso Beauty lipstick Aroma Light in 01 Confetto and it's beautiful. It's like a glossy it's like a glossy balm lipstick all of the above in shade 01. So I want to get the other two shades, but those are really good. Definitely recommend that. I think it's like 20 around 20 Australian dollars. And in terms of skincare, honestly, I've still been using the same stuff. Paula's Choice Exfoliating Toner. I've been using the Quarterly, I think it's Quarterly Face Cream. I've been using the Hyaluronic Acid from The Ordinary. Like I've been using the same stuff. My skin's loving it. It's eating it up. So nothing's changed there. And something I've been doing this week is making baby Pinterest boards. No, I'm not pregnant, but like making a little nursery Pinterest board or like looking at baby clothes aesthetics is so fun because it's like, oh my God, like I haven't thought about this. What's the aesthetic of my child going to be? And I've been looking at like Upper East Side, New York, Manhattan vibes, like in terms of nursery, but then also like, oh my God, little baby overalls, like denim overalls with little like graphic tees underneath. So freaking cute. So I've been doing that. Not much has changed, guys. Not much has changed. Rock on, dude. So, yeah, that's it for this episode. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much again for supporting every episode. I cannot believe we're on episode seven. Cannot wait. I have a lot of fun ideas in the works. And honestly, if you've listened this far and you've heard this little piece of advice, I mean, this little piece of the episode, wow, I'm tired. Um, I want to have guests on, just delusional. So if you've come this far and you've listened to this part of the episode, let me know what guests you want on the episode and who you would like to hear from or hear me interview or interact with. Anyone. I'm talking anyone. So let me know. And if you are listening to this episode and you love the episode, please rate it. You can rate it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can like it on YouTube, leave comments, but also tag me in your stories that you're listening to this episode so I can repost them. This is it for the episode. I love you guys very much. I'll see you guys in next week's episode. Bye.